today on The Breakdown. Just recently, the biggest cash game in televised poker history happened, and it had lots of luminaries, such as Tom Dwan and Jason Kuhn, and lots of whales. And Jason Kuhn played a pot with one of those whales, Elton Sang, and it was one of the biggest pots ever. And we're going to break it down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. So I think chronologically, this is coming out a week after we just did Jason Kuhn losing, at the time, the biggest pot in televised poker history. He lost over $2 million, mm-hmm. uh, 1.8 million euros. Well, he didn't... No, the pot was that big. He lost, he oh, lost right. about 900,000 euros. He lost the opportunity to, to have that much more in his stack. Correct. Um, when he rivered top pair against a turned set and made what we thought was a bit of a curious move, but we ended up figuring out Jason Kuhn probably... Had some thoughts about it that made sense. Yeah, we ended up deciding it was fine, even though at first it looked pretty bad. So this is minutes after that hand, that this hand occurs. I think it's literally two or three hands Right, so so Jason Kuhn immediately reloaded his stack and has 1.3 million euros in front of him again, Mm -hmm. um, having just lost almost a million euros, which is crazy. I mean, he was in the cutoff for that hand. He's now under the gun, and I think we're eight-handed. Yeah. So there you go. It's like four hands later. So that's uh yeah, it's a high variance game we're in here with Jason Kuhn. Yeah, Kuhn's playing it big. Yeah, a uh, couple notes about Elton Sang. Yeah, he is certainly an amateur. Yeah, although he is number one on China's all time money list. The there's reason, a reason, yeah. The reason for this is that he won the 2016 million dollar one drop, which was invite only to non pros. Right. So pros were not allowed to play that, but he did win the equivalent of 12 million dollars in that. Correct. So still pretty good. Still impressive to some yeah. degree, but significantly less impressive than any of the other one-drop wins, obviously. Or really right. any of the other high-roller wins, and probably in history, it's the least impressive win. Right. Because he had to go through the easiest field. Still, he did win. Still $12 million. I mean, he, he obviously he's probably knows what he's doing based on that, a little bit at least. To at least some degree, he's got he's to have some game, right? Yeah. I mean, you could luck your way in. There's only like 48 people. Yeah, you could. Yeah, actually, you know what? You could. You, you could pretty easily. He likes it, but he... I mean, it isn't like he doesn't play. He plays these games all the time, but he clearly has enough money that... I mean, I don't know. I would guess without knowing anything, most of these guys are long-term losers, right? He probably is, too. That's why Tom Dwan's in the game, is guys like him are here, right? Yeah, that's why Jason Kuhn's there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So so that's a little background. Uh, there will be more players in the hand, but they're, they're all going to be garbage humans. All of them. Throw them in the trash. And they're not garbage humans because they decide not to play the hand. They're just garbage humans. Right. No, th- uh, in this particular podcast, we mean we hate these guys. Like, you know, hate them. You, you know who else is in the hand, right? Yeah. Okay. I think... Do I? Well, he's a very famous player. Tom Dwan. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, I just thought you should know. Screw him. Okay, uh, come at me, Dwan. Let's see what you got. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're kidding. I'm sure it's all wonderful and fine and happy rainbows. So, this was suggested by uh, a couple of people, at least. We have uh, Guillaume Swanet. Sorry if I said that wrong. Yeah, you definitely did. I mean, what would you? What would you do? Guillaume Swanet. Obviously. Oh, he did it. Okay. Max Sawyer, Jay, Isaac Carlisle, and Stuart Young. Yep. All suggested this hand. Indeed, they did. Nice job, guys. You did it. You finally are famous. I mean, of course, many of you, mostly Max Sawyer, Jay, and Isaac Carlisle, have suggested many hands and were already famous. Yeah. But you're, but you know, now, I, now, now, you're, you're, now you're finally it's you the it. last notch in, in the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Look in the mail. You know, it's going to be their poker guy's robe. Yep. We know where you live. Oh. <laughs> it's actually a robe is not exactly what it is. It, uh, you could be, call it a type of robe, but it's a kimono. Of course it's a kimono. Yeah. Cause sometimes you just have to open your kimono to the world. <laughs> you know, and we want the poker guys to be emblematic of that. Whenever we say open your kimono on the show, we do mean it literally. <laughs> <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this game. It's okay. a 2k 4k game, yep. which as I mentioned many times last time is insane. Kuhn has 1.3 million euro in front of him. It's like a 2,500 5k uh, dollar game. It's like a crazy right. game. Right. And uh, Kuhn's a little loosey goosey in this game. I guess he feels like he has a big enough edge against the field that it's okay to raise five, six suited under the gun. Cause that's what he does. Yeah. So what do you think about that? You think that's just him stand like thinking like I can beat these guys. doesn't matter. Um, I don't think it's only that. I think when you're playing again, it's weird when you're playing against this, this mixture of like hardcore pros like Tom Dwan and total whales, um, where you want to, like, if you're just playing against whales, you probably wouldn't open this hand under the gun, right? 
unless you think you can completely own them post-flop, but it's actually probably easier just to have better hands because they're going to call so much, right? Yeah. Against a guy like Tom Dwan, you do need to open wide enough that you cover the whole board. So you can sort of threaten the nuts pretty much in any run out. So that's why you're going to have to open some um, suited aces, like, you know, ace wheel, so you can cover straights and low trips. And six size suited is another, another piece of that, right? Where so if, if the board comes out six, six, four, you know, even though you opened under the gun, you actually can have that, you know, and I, th- I think that's a powerful thing. You can't open too many hands, but I think guys like Jason Kuhn are trying to have be balanced enough here. So that way a guy like Tom Dwan believe, understands that when Jason Kuhn bets the flop, he can still have everything like the story can make sense. So do you think he's opening more total combinations because of that? Or do you think he's removing some of his more in air quotes, valuable combinations from his range. So he doesn't open too much. Like maybe he removes ACE 10 suited that he would normally open or something or ACE, ACE nine suited, I guess. Yeah. It's a really, I, I would guess he's not opening ACE nine suited. I, I would bet against these guys. He is opening ACE 10 suited because there's still so many whales yeah. where they're going to call with just any ACE and stuff like that. So it ends up being weird. He probably is opening too much like practically, but it doesn't actually matter. You know, he, it still is going to be the profitable choice is my guess. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you could always fold six five suited under the gun unless you're up against the toughest lineups, I think, and get away with it without it being a problem. Yeah, I know? think it's optimal too in yeah. most scenarios. Right. Um, but if you want to be able to beat Tom Dwan, you probably have to be able to open. You have to show up with six five suited at least some of the time. I don't, like he shouldn't be opening all of the six five suits, but he should be opening at least one or two combos of it. I would guess. Like if you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I hear that. Maybe maybe just remove a couple combos of of some of your more powerful hands, yeah. so that you can do that because you just don't want to be opening so much. You could be like, I'm opening like the six five suiteds and the set and the six five suiteds, the red ones, and I'm opening the black ace ten suiteds, something yeah. like that. So that way, I have a little bit of both to sort of cover the fact that half the table is really good and I need to be balanced against them, and the other half I just want to have value hands against, and I hope it works out. It's yeah. not going to come up that often anyway, really. Right, but, but still. I saw, yeah. Something like that would probably be a reasonable solution. I mean, we could get we could talk about this for hours. By the way, Without this is question. just a great example of how minute details can go into every single decision. We could we could game this out. Jonathan and I could spend the, oh, the yeah. rest of your entire commute home, even if you live two hours from wherever you started your drive. We could talk about what range we should open in this game if we're Jason Kuhn and which exact combos to remove right. and which to add. We I mean, could do that honestly. These days, like when I do poker study, a lot of it is comprised of all right. I'm opening this range, which is this many combos. How do I want to balance that? How do I balance that on this kind of flop versus this kind of flop versus this kind of flop, my checking range, my betting range, so that way I have enough strength in both, like, and actually figure out which hands go in which spot. And then on turns, what, what happens against different opponents and on rivers, like that can take 45 minutes to do one hand easily just by myself sitting there with a little, with a little poker software, you and I doing it together, like arguing about stuff too easy. Two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe someday we'll do a podcast about Jason Coons under the gun opening range. <laughs> uh, who knows? I have a feeling it wouldn't be interesting to a lot of the listeners. No, probably not. Guess. Anyway, he opens to 13K under the gun. Whoa, I like how you under said the that. Gen. No, it's cool. It's kind of notable to me that the last hand we did with him in this same game with these same blinds, he opened to 11K. Yes. So I wonder what the difference is. Who's in the big blind here? Uh, it's I think it's Elton. Okay, Elton Sang. Yeah. Versus the other one was Kane Callis. Maybe, yeah. maybe um, he's opening bigger because he's decided against the whales he's opening bigger and against the pros he's opening smaller that's almost the opposite of what you'd want to do yeah no actually against the whales you open big with big hands right because they're not right. going to notice and against the pros you have to open the same or, or you know yeah okay i don't know why he's doing it how about that maybe because he just lost a big pot and he's like a little shell-shocked maybe he just lost maybe he opens more under the gun because his under the gun range is stronger so he can open a little bit a little bigger and maybe he's actually doing it that way so his entire under the gun range is, is you know three plus one Maybe. And his cutoff range, which is going to be wider and weaker, and he's going to get three bet more, and he's going to have to fold more. It can be a little bit weaker. So it's a little bit less than three. And like over time, that actually works out. I have no idea. I'm just, Maybe. That's sounds, reasonable. That sounds a bit convoluted, but perhaps perhaps that's the case. You don't see many pros doing that, though. Um, You don't, but w- yeah, no, that's true. You don't. You don't. Yeah. And before we continue talking, I want to say something kind of interesting about this hand. I, I often say on this podcast, the river is why this hand was chosen as a breakdown yeah. hand. In this hand, it's actually the flop and the turn. They are yes. phenomenally interesting. Yeah. And and so, that like, get ready for some serious action right away, people. Yeah, really. It's time to blast off. Um, all right. So kind of counter to what Jason Kuhn might want to happen. The first action after he opens to 13K is Paul Fua. Uh, he calls in the cutoff with 6-8 of spades. He's always going to. like That's like a guarantee, right? 
Yeah, which you know you're not really supposed to against the under the gun opener, but it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. I guess the kind of hand actually you want to have against an under the gun opener a lot, yeah. right? And uh, Paul Fu. So Paul Fu is currently owning Jason Kuhn. He's got him completely yeah. dominated. Yeah, this is a problem. I mean, Paul Fu could buy and sell Jason Kuhn a hundred times. I'm sure. So yeah, he effectively could own him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Dwan is on the button and he has Ace Ten off and he calls. Yeah. This is uh, this is a type of hand you actually might want to dump against a yes. normal under the gun range. So t- Tom Dwan's sitting there and he's like, Kuhn is just opening a lot for yeah. me to be able to flat ace ten off here. Like I would never consider ca- calling this against most under the gun openers personally. Right. Like suited, I would call and not love my spot. Maybe because Paul Fu is in there, he's like, I just have to put my chips in. Maybe, maybe he also thinks that the Paul Fu and him being there, and now probably Elton Sang is going to call a lot in the big blind too. Um, means that just uh, Jason isn't going to be able to like be very bluffy. Like, if there's four players in, he's just going to play much more straightforwardly, and it's going to be easier for Tom to uh, make decisions. I guess. That's all I got. Yeah. it's. I mean, the ranges of the pros are just a bit wider than we're expecting yeah. pros to have for I mean, ranges. Is it possible Dwan's just like, I'm better than Kuhn, and I position on him, and it's just going to be fine? Is that possible? You might be thinking that. I don't know if it's true. He's it's probably prob- not he's true. He's probably not better than Kuhn. I would guess Kuhn's better at this yeah, point. I would, I would guess that as well. Um, anyway... Elton now is in the big blind with King seven of diamonds and he calls as well. He's kind of forced to at this of course. Point. And uh, Kuhn and Elton are going to be the only stacks that matter. They both have 1.3 million. Yeah. I think this, um, by the way, the eight, six suited call is fine when you're this deep and all that. Yeah, like, it, it is fine. You should be calling with that hand. Yeah. But Paul Fu is probably calling with a lot of hands. He shouldn't. Be. Oh, I'm also. sure he is. And I'd be worried about him getting in way too much trouble when he shouldn't be with this kind of a hand. But I think deciding to flat here is totally reasonable. I agree. It's fine. I'd probably flat here, too, with that hand against the under the gun when we're deep. All right. Let's get to the maniacal flop action, All right. shall we? Here we go. So there's already 64,000 in the pop preflop without a three bet. This game is crazy. It's just a crazy, huge game. <laughs> yeah. 64,000. It's like $75,000. It's insane. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the flop is a very good one for our Jason Kuhn. Uh, it's an ace of diamonds, seven of hearts, eight of hearts flop. Everyone flops something, actually. Everybody sort of flops something. Paul Fua flops an eight. Uh, Elton flops a seven with a backdoor nut diamond draw mm-hmm. with his king seven of diamonds. Jason Kuhn, of course, flops an open-ended straight flush draw. And Tom Dwan flops top pair with a pretty decent kicker. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little something for every boy and every girl. <laughs> there are, yeah. So, anyway... <laughs> Uh, everybody checks around to Dwan, which is interesting. Really interesting. So Kuhn is, you would assume, mostly planning on check-raising this, right? Yeah, I guess he thinks on this board, with a with a hand like six high, which is an open-ended straight flush draw, but it's kind of the worst version of an open-ended straight flush draw here, yes. where he has two unders to the board, and it's an ace-high board. That's like the worst time to have an open-ended straight flush draw. He thinks he needs a little extra fold equity, and he thinks on this board he has pretty much no fold equity if he continues against three players. Yeah, and it certainly looks very strong to check raise versus just betting out. Although betting out from the under the gun range is pretty strong anyway into four players or three other players. Right. Let's talk a little bit more about combos and balance here for a second. Okay. If we're gonna we're gonna be check raising this type of hand, we have to have some some more made value check raises. No doubt. What do you what type of hands do you think we would choose for those? Um. Well, because it's a relatively wet board against three late position callers and or two late position callers and the big blind, we could check raise a hand as strong as top set here, I think, reasonably, because if there's gonna be if there's gonna be enough action behind us, part of it would be like if it just if Juan bets uh Elton folds, we could check raise, but often the game the hand's just gonna be over, right? Yeah. With top set. Um but if 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 anyone else bets, any of the other guys bets, I guess it's really just um who's the guy before Dwan? Who's oh it's Paul, Paul Fua. Fua. Paul Fua bets that's good, right? Yeah. Paul Fua probably has something, and Paul Fua is probably not interested in folding right now. It may take a while to get him to fold. If Elton calls anyone else's bet, he's probably got something that he's interested in sticking around with. These guys have a lot of money. They don't really like to fold. But right? that's not good when you have six high. It's not good, but we're talking about with, with top set right now. Right, but in the point of the balance is that the play can work in both ways. Right, so, right. so we're trying to come up with a reasonable thing. Like It can't be a spot where they always fold or they always call. Yeah, it can't be I either think- one. I think top set is not where I would go initially. I oh, would yeah? go to my most vulnerable strong value with the seven eight suited. If he's gonna have six five suited, he probably has oh. seven eight suited. But we have so few of those. We have three. Okay. Three yeah. combos of that. And we and we have like four combos of combo draws. So okay. we could just do all those. That's it? I don't I think we need to have a little well, more stuff. Okay, then we can have sets of sevens and sets of eights also. Okay. That way we don't block top pair, which is pretty sweet. That's pretty good. I mean we could also have other draws that we could be we don't have to just Yeah, we could just we could here. also have 
like the king high flush draw. Yep. Or a straight draw. Even we could do all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So that's all reasonable. And I think that's all fine. Yep. We're supposed to have more bluffs than, uh, at this point. Yeah. At this point on the flop, we're supposed to have more bluffs than, although, although no, forehanded, so. no, forehanded, that is, that's, that's absolutely untrue. untrue especially right. when we're check raising, it's very different. And we're forehanded. Yeah. I mean, we do want to have a fair amount of bluffs. Yeah. But it's like, it's as if it's a second street bet when yeah, we check fair. raise and that's we're forehanded. So, so it's more like 50, 50. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even less. Okay. That's, yeah. that's reasonable. Well, forehanded like changes it. Like you're generally going to be more reasonable forehanded. And as, and Kuhn would be reasonable here, by the way, like uh, this is a huge combo draw. He's got like, this is a reasonable hand yeah. with a lot of equity against everything. And forgetting about all of that game theory and combo stuff we just talked about, this hand just plays so much easier as a check raise because we want that fold equity just in practice here as an exploit. I mean, that's true. At the same point, if we go bet, 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 that's super strong and it's going to be hard for most people to call down. Now, maybe the rich guys just need a little more goosing though. And yeah. so it's like, okay, this will help. I mean, he wants to be able to win right now on the flop, too. Of course. Like, no, of course. And he thinks there's like a very low chance of that if he just bets. Um, yeah, that would be the concern, right? Yeah. He's, he's worried someone's just going to station him with an ace, basically, and he's going to be obligated to go three barrels yeah. with this hand. Um, as opposed to check raise, bet, bet, it's a lot more pressure he can put on. Yeah. And, and it's a better story to tell in terms of strength. Right. In theory, it's a better story to tell anyway. I, I mean, he's polarizing actually. himself further, at least. So yeah. it's like uh, you, you pretty much have to give up on your ace queens unless you really think he's bluffing. Right. It's a weird, it's honestly a weird line to take with any super strong hand. Like usually you just bet yourself, your strong hands, right. Rather than check raise with all these people in and stuff, I would think, but Hey, I, I think check raising is always a weird story to tell whether it's, whether it's strong or not. Maybe I, you're the problem. Maybe like most people don't check raise their super strong hands because they're where they're going to get folds. You know? Right. But maybe Jason Kuhn does. No, I, I'm guessing he does, but I'm saying it's always a weird story to tell. Yeah. It is. Anyway. So anyway, it checks all the way around, around to Tom Dwan. And do you think Dwan should bet? Yes. Okay. Because he has top pair. Simply. He has top pair. It looks like Kuhn is, doesn't have a strong hand. It looks like Tom Dwan's often in the lead. The only guy he shouldn't be beating right now is Elton. Sometimes. I mean, of course, sometimes. But most of the time, right? Like, mostly Fu is going to bet a hand that's beating right, after I was, Kuhn checks. No, I was just trying to clarify because you said he shouldn't be beating Elton and that's oh. incorrect. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Right. no, no I, said, I said the only guy he shouldn't be beating is Elton, meaning like he should be beating the other two guys like almost always and then Elton is an unknown comparatively. Okay, yeah. That, that, makes, that makes sense. Elton hasn't acted with the knowledge that Kuhn's checked. That's yes. all I'm saying. Um, so I, but that's fine. Like we're almost always going to be ahead of Elton too. Like yeah. we have like the best hand so much of the time here on this wet board. Also, we're Tom Dwan with this image of being like, hey, I just bet blah, blah. It's a great time to bet as Tom Dwan. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. He does bet his ace 10 off on yeah. the ace seven, eight to our board. He bets small. He bets 24 K into 64 K. I think he's trying to keep the weaker one pair hands alive in, mm-hmm. in the amateurs ranges. Yeah. And he successfully does. So tell you what. Because Elton calls with King Seven of Diamonds. Do you think he should call here? Twenty-four into sixty something. Twenty-four into sixty-four. He's got Kuhn and Fool behind him. It's a seven-eight ace, one diamond, two heart board. I mean, we would think most of the time if we call as Elton, the other two guys are going to fold. They're mostly going to fold. Yeah. So there's that. So now we just have to be able to beat Dwan. We have a pair in a back door, not flush draw. That's I've, cool. Yeah, but you did gloss that over a little bit. Like yeah. most of the time, they're just going to fold. Like we can't just make that assumption as a ubiquitous thing that happens. Well, we can say most of the time they're going to fold. Can we not say that? Yeah, but is most of the time good enough? And what does that mean? Is it like 75% of the time? Like how much of the time? I would guess usually Kuhn has a handy's folding here, right? Often, yeah. Well, how often? I'd say 60 to 70% of the time he's folding. Maybe I would guess it's even higher than that. Maybe a little higher. I would guess it's more like 80, 85 is my guess. Like mostly he's going to bet his strength when he checks. He's going to be check folding into four players, especially when there's a bet and a call. If it's just Tom Dwan betting and Elton folds, now Kuhn's going to call with a lot more things. But when Elton calls, I mean, Kuhn's going to call with two queens here. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. he is. So there's just not much of his range that he's going to be able to call with. So that takes that mostly knocks him out. We, we see here it doesn't, but mostly it knocks yeah. him out. And then Fua, Fua can have things he calls with. As we see, he's got middle pair, but he's going to be really hard pressed to like, he almost never has an ace. He almost never has a draw. He's usually folding too. So maybe between the two of them, they're folding 65% of the time. Maybe it's a little higher. Maybe it's a little lower, but something like that would be yeah. my guess. Do you think that's fair? That sounds fair. Okay. So most of the time they're going to fold if we call as, as uh, Elton two thirds of the time. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
that's okay. On top of that, we have to be ahead of Dwan enough of the time to make this okay. Well, we also have outs. Yeah, we We're do. At, we are at a position which sucks. I don't know that this is a good call, by the way. Having said all of that, I don't think we should call. Yeah, probably not. I don't like calling here because we have bottom pair. The Of course, Dwan can have us. The saving grace is we do have the backdoor nut flush draw. It is the ace that is a diamond. And now that I, I mean, I made this whole case the other way because I felt challenged to do so. But the truth is, this is horrible. Of course, you shouldn't be calling. We have bottom pair. We have a backdoor flush draw, which we're almost never going to be able to realize equity. And even if we get there, it's going to be really hard to get paid. We're out of position. Dwan usually has us. Even if he doesn't, he's going to be able to get us to fold a lot. We're usually going to win a really small pot or lose a big pot here. What are we doing? This is dumb. Yeah. So there you go. So I just, you know, I just wanted to take the other side because I like taking the other side. <laughs> I like defending people. Okay, that's but fine. Come on. Yeah, come on. Saying this is a bad play. And this sort of points to he's an amateur, though, right? Yeah. I mean, he's an amateur, so he's like, yeah, I have a pair. I call. Right. Of course, if it folded to Fua after Dwan bet, and he had this hand, I think calling is very reasonable. Comparatively, right? Comparatively, yeah. It's still a little bit ambitious, but it's, it's better. A, it's ambitious, but it's like, okay, well, Dwan could be betting anything. Everyone else folded. I have a backdoor as well. I can improve. It's relatively cheap because my name's Paul Fua, and I have a lot of money. I'm not just going to concede the pot. I call once. I hope it works out. Anyway, it's now Jason Kuhn's turn. Yes. And uh, it's a prime spot for a check raise, obviously. Like, Eldon's range is pretty capped here, right? Like, in general. And yeah. Dwan could have a set, but he usually doesn't have a set of aces. No. And Dwan could have 7-8 suited, but it's not that common. I don't think we can, like, worry about that. So, like, mostly our opponents are capped at one pair of hands or draws. I mean, Dwan can have all the stuff, but... I mean, El, uh, Elton is much more capped than Dwan is, right? Dwan's yeah. really not capped, right? Dwan can have, as you said, sets and two pairs and stuff like that. Yeah. He can actually have ace seven suited or ace eight suited also. I mean, I guess he called ace 10 off, so he probably can have I those. I got to believe he yeah. can have those. But traditionally, you wouldn't expect that from the button against an under-the-gun opener. I mean, when they're this deep, it's and it's Tom Dwan. I think he just likes to call a lot in position. Yeah, I, I, yeah. forgetting Tom Dwan, though. Oh, okay. Like, it's, sure, if it's a normal person, I would yeah. agree. But it's Tom Dwan, so I have to believe those things are out there. But that means there's a million other things that are out there too, by the way, which is mostly one pair of hands or nothing hands or draws that are weak compared to our draw in terms of equity. Yeah. This And by the way, if Tom Dwan has two pair, it's not the end of the world, is it? It's worse than one pair because he's not yes. going to fold. It is. That way, it's worse than one pair. However, we have reasonable equity against everything but a set. Yeah. And of course the much better flush draws yeah. that decide not to fold though, which is now we're talking like what the eight, nine of hearts and stuff like that, which are real, sorry, the nine, 10 of hearts, which are real problems for us. Well, the, I think the biggest problem is the ace X of hearts. Oh yes. It's that's a really good point. The ace X of hearts is a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> so the ace is, is a diamond. Yep. Okay. Of course. Cause it's the nut flush, the backdoor nut flush draw for yeah. Elton. Um, you know, I agree. That's a disaster. If it's the ace X of hearts. Now we just have our six outs for, to make our straight or running trips or something bizarre. Right. Yep. Um, but it's not going to come up that often and we just can't be worried about monsters under the bed too much. No, especially with Tom Dwan. Of course, this is a great spot for a check race. Right. And, and we're just gonna have to go with it. I think most of the, I mean, th- for 1.3 million, I mean, we're raising to fold. We're raising to hundred K by the way. Yes. Somebody, this, this is what Kuhn actually does. Yeah. He makes it. Okay. If it's not going to happen, but say somebody makes it like 700 K, like effectively saying you're all in like, Oh, 700. Well, no, then we can't call there. No, but, but a more normal race is going to be like, do I would make it like 260 K oh, and then we move in, we move in or we call. We're not going to fold though. Right. Yeah. So we're effectively going to find our way all in usually on the turn. Like yeah. We're probably going to just, no, of course someone could blow us off the hand. Cause we have six high. You're right. Yeah. But besides that, we're just going to be getting it in. All right. Well, anyway, Kuhn raises to 100K beginning yeah. the cascade of things that are about to happen, which yes. uh, are hard to understand. I'm going to, I'm going to call them hard to understand. I agree. So Fua and Dwan both fold. I think those are Fua's fold is obvious. Dwan's fold is, is obvious as well. I think at this point, especially with Elton calling behind yeah. him and Kuhn still electing to raise into both of them. So that's, this, that's different. This I think, should, I think if, if Elton didn't call, it's not as obvious, and Dwan probably is forced to call at least once this race, but then elect to fold most turns. Anyway, go on. What Elton does is beyond me. I don't understand. Because, <laughs> again, Elton has king, seven of diamonds, ace of diamonds, seven of hearts, eight of hearts board. He just got check raised by the under-the-gun razor when Tom Dwan bet into three other players. Yeah. Elton raises. Yeah. He makes it 324K. Yeah. What the hell? I have a guess. Okay. My guess is that he thinks Kuhn is just not doing this with super strong hands. He thinks Kuhn is not doing this with anything better than ace-king. 
Um, that Kuhn doesn't really show up with A7 or A8, although it looks like he probably can show up with those yep. things. Um, Kuhn isn't doing this with the set. And he's like, cool, now you have to fold Ace King, right? Like, good luck. Good I mean, luck with your Ace King, buddy. As with many of the decisions we that, do block Ace that confound us, uh, and then you ultimately defend like you just did oh, this yeah. one, I think Here the way comes. you defend them is with a ton of subjective assumptions that can't all be right. <laughs> they just can't. I mean, look... It would never occur to me to make this play that Elton's doing. Let me yeah. be clear. And if it did occur to me, I'd be like, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> the, the under the gun player just check raised two of us. Obviously, I'm no good. And obviously, why would I want to play this pot right now? This is a terrible idea. And I would fold. Right. Like um, when we were constructing that range for Kuhn, we weren't thinking there were too many check raises there that he was going to consider folding to further aggression. Right. right? Like right. they're all pretty much hands that he's like, I feel pretty good about this hand. You know, that is correct. Like the worst hand I can come up with is maybe he's check raising an open end straight draw, but I doubt he is because maybe it's not strong enough and maybe he's just betting that himself or even just calling with it. Yeah. Um, but maybe he's got an open end straight draw in there with, which is sort of like the least equity he's probably ever going to show up with. Maybe, but that, that's un- unclear to us. Yeah. So my biggest problem with this raise is that it's not a good representation of strength in my mind. I think when we flat Dwan in a four-way pot on a wet board, like, are we really going to flat with our super strong hands? With our sets. I mean, we're basically yeah. repping a set here. Yeah. Like, we don't have aces pretty much ever. Mm-hmm. Under the gun opened and there were multiple colors. We're going to three-bet aces. We might even three-bet eights and sevens sometimes in that scenario for Elden. I don't know. On the flop, pre-flop? Yeah. I mean, under the gun opened. Yeah, I would probably, hope not. probably not. But, so, Elden's basically saying I have two pair or better, though, right? I think he's saying he has pocket eights or pocket sevens. Yeah. But look, it's not completely impossible that he could decide to flat the original Tom Dwan bet with a set. It's not impossible. I can even find ways to justify it or defend it that I think aren't completely insane. I agree. But for when you're in Jason Kuhn's seat and yeah. you have anything of value here, like you don't really believe that he's doing that very often at all. Right. You're like, if somehow this guy shows up with a set here, how often is he really going to just flat the initial bet? Well, I don't think Jason Kuhn actually agrees with you based on the action of this hand. That's quite possible. Yeah. So that's just interesting to me. And maybe he thinks this guy's enough of a whale that, like, the guy's going to flat out of position to set. Um, by the way, the justification, which we didn't get into, um, that I think is not unreasonable, is it fo- everyone checks to Dwan. Those guys would usually bet their hands. Dwan's betting. Dwan can have anything. I'm going to raise. Everyone's just going to fold with my set. I got to get. I got to try to make more money off Dwan here, even though it's a wet board. Yeah. Um, that would be the reason. It's not probably good to do that out of position, especially. But, um, but that, that would be the justification. And that I could see even a good player once in a while doing that. Like yeah. you got to protect your calling range a little bit there. Not a lot, but a little bit. Um, but I, I expect to see bad players doing it more often than good players. Do you disagree with that? No. Okay. I don't, but it doesn't mean to say he has a lot of sets here anyway. He, I mean, it's like six total sets that are even available Correct. to him and he's definitely not playing all of them like this. Right. And so like, then if he actually had, so it, it kind of has to be a set though for him to make this play. Like it's too vulnerable if you have seven, eight suited or, or ace aces up to, to just flat out of position in the same way and then raise again. Right. Like that doesn't usually happen. I would expect seven, eight suited for sure to raise right away. Yeah. Aces, ace, eight suited or ace, eight period might flat once. I'm not saying it's a good plan. I don't like it as a plan, but to like, you know, more like tourist logic. You just feel like you're so strong and you're just going to fold everyone out. And you don't want, you want to try to make more money and whatever. You'll lead Maybe. a lot of turns. I don't know. It just all feels very fishy to me. Okay. And at the same point, he, I guess he's just saying he doesn't believe that Jason Kuhn has much strength in yeah, his range. That's definitely what he's saying. He's yeah. mostly saying, what are you really going to do with your hand, buddy? Like go away. And he does raise pretty big. So if Jason yeah. Kuhn does have a hand like 6-5 suited, which he does, it's uncomfortable right away. I mean, he made it 324 over 100. Obviously, Kuhn can't fold, but it's no. clearly uncomfortable. Well, this goes back to, though, what you were just saying, right? If you think it's really hard for this guy to have strength, it actually should be very a very comfortable move-in for Jason yeah. Kuhn, right? I think what is probably, not that it matters, he shouldn't continue in the hand at all if he thinks this guy has this hand, but Kuhn might be worried about the ace-x of hearts. Maybe this guy plays the ace X of hearts like this. Well, then, yeah, like it's not going to help us to just flat. Right? No, we should just fold against right. that hand. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I we know. could. I guess we could call and then call out of turns depending on whether he moves this in or bets a normal amount or something like that. Um, and then maybe sometimes save money on the river, like if we don't get there. 
you know, we're like, well, if a heart comes, we're just going to go broke if the guy actually has me. But this way I like, sometimes I don't go broke against the ASEX of hearts because either I make the straight or I miss completely and I save some money. But that's ridiculous, right? That's just not a good way to think about it. That's, there's just too many other hands you could be up against. Another pro- Well, I don't know. Another problem I'm now realizing is, like, I think a lot of flush draws could play this way if, from, from Elton's perspective. But isn't that good? No. Like, as Kuhn, isn't that good to move in? If oh, to move in. Ace, to move in. Oh, yeah, yeah. To move in, specifically, not yeah. to call. Yeah. Like, I could see an amateur definitely playing, like, queen 10 of hearts like this. Right. Like, I'm not sure what to do with this yeah. hand. Now I'm going to raise. Yeah. As Kuhn, yeah, we could move in and we're just going to fold that hand out. And it's going to be amazing. Hopefully we can fold what that hand victory. out. We're what not, a victory. What a victory. We're not 100% sure we can fold that no, hand out not. against an amateur. Well, at least we have, you know, 12 outs against him. Yeah. Of course, he could turn us dead. Yeah. Which isn't so good. We would not be happy with the situation when he called. But he's probably not going to call. I know he's a rich guy, but some of those rich guys are just going to call. He can't turn us dead, but I hear what you're saying. We have a straight flush draw. Oh, okay. Yeah. He can turn us almost dead. Fair enough. So anyway, Kuhn decides to call. Right. I think I'm coming around and thinking like moving in is better. I'm really surprised he only calls this. And that and this goes back to he must think Elton has a set. Yeah, I guess he so. just has to think that, right? Otherwise he would move in. He's like, I'm always getting called. I can't move in here. It's not gonna work out for me. Right? It just has to be that. Could he be snake bit from the previous loss? I don't know, maybe. He's, it's possible. It's possible he is. But then he, doesn't, he didn't have to open this hand in the first place. Right. He chose to play it, and now here we are. But, I mean, it's different. He opened to 13,000, and he just got check raised to, what, 300 and something thousand? Yeah. 370,000 or something, 324. Right? Okay, but whatever. So that's, that is a little different. He's like, oh, this is like a reasonable size house in a, you know, like in a suburb. Well, uh, not a great suburb. <laughs> and a really nice house in Detroit. I don't know. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, here we are. And I think, I think it's a pretty clear move. And only you can have the nuts, by the way. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Like, he's going to call with his sets. He's probably going to fold bottom two pair. You, it would probably be bad to call with bottom two it pair. It would be bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, he has to call with pocket sevens. He has to call with pocket eights. And it yeah. sucks. Right. Like, either one of those sucks when Kuhn moves in. But you're just really, you're really crazy. I mean, Art, maybe Art Papazian going to find a fold incorrectly. Yeah. Um, or Aaron. Guys from Live right. who fold sets incorrectly sometimes. Um, but like a businessman is just going to call with those for sure. And might even call, by the way, a seven and might even call seven, eight suited because he just is like, eh, what do I well, care? Well, perhaps that's what Kuhn is worried about. He's like, yes. Elton's just going to call with anything that he has that has value. And right. I don't fully understand this guy's mind. He's an amateur. Like right. maybe he does play these hands that he, you really wouldn't expect people to play like like that a lot, like all of his two pair hands and all of his sets. He plays like this. Like, yeah. And I have no fold equity against those and it's not good enough. Maybe that has to be the justification for just calling. Cause if that's not the case, I think moving in is far better. Yeah. I would just, it's weird. Cause I would be check raising with the hope. I mean, I wouldn't really ever imagine someone's going to re-raise me, but I would think moving in is also good because you would just be so afraid of the guy when they have two pair, the heart comes and you just get no more money if you flat. Yeah. Like it's really, I mean, you at least have straight outs, which would be hidden. Yes. Comparatively, right? Like we'd almost always get paid on a straight card. I would think if the guy has a big hand. Yeah. That's good. But there's only six of those. Right. There's nine hearts. Like, you know, 60% of the time it's a heart when we improve. And even when we improve to a straight, a heart can come later. A heart can come on the river to scare the guy. I don't know. It seems to me like moving in is fine. Yeah. I like I mean, moving in better. I do too. And, but Kuhn just calls, yeah. and um, I just want to reiterate, Elton is bonkers. He's a crazy man. Like, well, we now maybe if we didn't know this one, if we hadn't seen this one play, we wouldn't know that, right? Right. So maybe Kuhn just doesn't know this about Elton. Oh, maybe not. I'm not really saying that from the Kuhn perspective. Yeah. I'm just saying it. I'm just right. saying oh, yeah, this guy is nuts. Like, if we don't look, know this about Elton, it's like a really weird story. But he's probably got pretty strong stuff where he's, which he's not folding to, right? A lot of the time. So that's why Kuhn's calling instead of he's like, well, I hope I improve. Hope he doesn't move me in on the turn if I miss. Hope I improve. I don't know. That's it, right? So, I, uh, I guess. I mean, a heart's going to come. Or we're going to get no more money, right? It's I mean, suck. Elton has quietly and accidentally backed his way into such a good scenario here. <laughs> it's true. Like, how can he have this much equity when Kuhn calls here? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. He has king seven of diamonds on an ace, seven, eight, two heart board. Yeah. And somehow he has more than half the equity. And he right? got, he just got called when yeah. he raced, <laughs> when he raced big over 300,000. Yeah. It's amazing. It is crazy. Well, I got good news for him because he's going to have even more equity soon. He is. It's going to be pretty great for him. Yeah. But we're not going to get to that until we talk about something that's very close to my heart. Mm. 
Let's go on. That's using the link in the description of the podcast, Jonathan. Yeah. I think people really need to learn more. And maybe we'll get like a celebrity mashup song about using the link in the description of the podcast. Yeah. You, you know? got to help the kids. You know? Yeah. And of course, I'm referring to when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Yeah, of which course you are. Might might help the kids in some way. I'm not no, sure. It does. But it, it will definitely help your bankroll if you play in our tournament. <laughs> and by definitely, I mean expected value wise. I don't mean like it's a guarantee. It's or certainly anything. not a guarantee. Or definite. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you definitely have a plus EV tournament available to you. Massively. Plus Massively EV. plus EV tournament available to you if you use the link in the description when you sign up because Nitrogen guarantees a thousand players worth of entries and we've only ever gotten 73 at most. So that means you are getting crazy levels of money available to you. Like it's basically like you pay your entry fee and nitrogen's paying 14 more entry fees for every single person who, co- who goes in and it's just in the guaranteed prize pool. It's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. And by the way, we've had times when there have been 22 players, you know, like think about yeah. that. Yeah. Think about how your expected value there. That's insane. Nitrogen Sports Poker. Amazing. Use the link in the description. You got to do it. You got to use the link. It's a Bitcoin-only poker site. They they give you a free withdrawal every week. I mean, I don't know why we need to withdraw more than that. But even if you do, it's 0.1 millibits for all the extra withdrawals you might want to do. Just like 75 cents. If you just have like 100 Bitcoin in there and you want to take it out a millibit at a time for one reason or another. You can do that. You can do that. not too bad. Yeah. Nitrogen Sports Poker for the cure. Yeah, definitely. That's, I'm sure they like that. <laughs> um, so use that link. Use the link in the description, and let's let's see how this hand continues on here. Where this flot, this uh, pot is extremely inflated here. Seven hundred thirty-six thousand in the pot. How much does Kuhn have back? I assume he's the effective stack. Uh, he has. He's not. They're they're oh. close. Uh, Kuhn has like over 900 and Eldon has slightly less than that. Okay. Yeah. So we have a little more than a pot size bet. See, this is a real problem for Kuhn. Yeah. If he doesn't improve right now. He's going to have to fold so many turns if assuming Eldon continues, right? S- somehow the hands we have are six high and third pair, <laughs> by the way. Wow. Yeah. That's... Third pair, one backdoor draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 736 in the pot. The turn is great for Eldon. It's yeah. the queen of diamonds. Ding. Man, he has a lot of equity now. Even if it was just a brick of any type, he would have a, a huge amount of equity. But now with the, the flush draw, so much equity. Yeah. He's he's blocking two of Kuhn's major outs here, mm-hmm. which is great. So what do you think Eldon should do now? He's been called. He does have the nut flush draw now to go with his seven. It's uh-huh. kind of a weird spot, right? I mean, we played it this way. Kuhn didn't re-raise, which is good. Kuhn might be flatting all of his big hands, though, when we when we three-bet the I flop. I think Kuhn will probably flat a set of aces here. That's the question. It is yeah. a really wet board. Against a whale, maybe he isn't flat. I would guess against a whale, he's not doing stuff like maybe that. Maybe not. He's probably playing pretty straightforwardly against whales, honestly. Um, if that's the case, I don't know that's, that um, Sang? Yeah, Elliot. El- uh, not Sang. Elliot. It's uh, Elton. Elton Sang. It's, I don't know. I keep thinking his name's Elliot. Elton Sang um, may not really get what's going on, though. With any of that stuff, he may not realize that like Kuhn, that Kuhn's probably just going to like raise all his really strong hands that he's trying to get it in for value on the flop and everything else is going to call because he can just do that again. You know, he can play super straightforwardly against this guy. Maybe. Um, but I would think as saying we have one of two choices here. We have to either effectively move Kuhn in or fold or sorry, or check to fold. And I or check, I guess we could check raise. I like effectively moving him in now that we picked up the diamond. And we didn't get moved in on ourselves. Kuhn looks like he, I mean, admittedly, Kuhn could have ace queen and have just gotten picked up a hand that is never folding. Yeah. We still have reasonable, we have 11 outs even against that. That's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. It's, you know, 24% or something, 23.5%. Um, I don't see how when we pick up equity right here that we don't continue. Like, this is, without hitting a king or a seven, this is one of the best cards in the deck. I wish it was a low diamond, not, not the queen of diamonds, so that way Kuhn wouldn't have a lot of, you know, top two now. I mean, he's not really going to check raise his queen too often on the flop. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this is a bet. I'd rather bet than, than check. Checking seems absurd at this point. Yeah. Like, are we going to check to fold? That's crazy. We have we, to, I think we have to bet. We have to bet an amount that is effectively all in because we, exactly. don't, we don't want to be put in a weird spot with sizing where we're like, well, I'm getting, I guess, the right odds if he doesn't have a set, but he usually has a set. You it, know, seems like, like, it seems like you just got to bet big and hope it doesn't snap call. Yeah. If he doesn't snap call, you're usually going to win the hand. And if somehow he calls, you're okay. 
At least you have outs. Right. Against everything. You got reasonable outs against everything. If he takes a long time and calls, you probably have um, sevens and maybe even kings. Maybe even outs. kings. But which probably, should be amazing. Probably not. Usually not. Like, usually hitting two pair with a king is not going to do it against Coons range there. Usually. Yeah. Well, Eldon does bet. That's, I think that's right. Yeah. You agree that he has to bet, right? I think he has to bet. I think he makes a sizing mistake, though. He bets yeah. kind of small. He bets like half pot or something. Yeah, 390 right? into 736. That's a huge mistake. Yeah, because with, like, I think the effective stack is something like 950, his yeah. effective stack. And so, like, ugh, I don't love it. Like, Kuhn's going to be forced to hold on with some hands that he might fold if we make it more, especially because he just lost this huge pot. Yeah. Where he's going to be like, ugh, I'm going to really throw away. And he's got 900,000 euro in front of him. Is he going to throw away another million dollars right now? We have to give him that. We have to, like, put that choice to him. Yeah. I mean, we're threatening a shove on the river, which is part of what's going, which is cool. Yeah. But now that we picked up so much equity, so much, like, nut equity, I think we just have to, like, take a deep breath and go. Even though... I mean, if it's problematic, right? Like if he doesn't have the hand that he has Kuhn, I mean, yeah, he's going to like snap call with everything else pretty much. Right? Like what is he going to have that? He's going to be able to find a fold a seven suited is a seven suited going to fold. If we make a huge bet on the river, maybe or on the turn, maybe, maybe I that's don't like it. Right. If he has seven, eight suited, he might fold. Yeah. Um, because we can have, a, well, he probably is going to fold seven, eight suited. In fact, maybe a seven folds. Maybe that's like the next best hand really, but we obviously block those hands. We have a seven. Pretty much we do. And ace-eight? Ace-eight's going to find it much harder to fold. Yeah, I don't think Kuhn's going to find a fold with ace-eight unless it's a terrible run out. He's going to be like, I call. Yeah. Um, so, this, see, this is... This, think, is, this is the problem with moving in, I, or effectively moving well, in. Well, I think... It, but once we're here, I think we have to. Yes, we've, we've engineered this weird spot. Yeah, I, I think the, the mistake was getting here this way. And I think now that we're here, as played, the optimal play is to effectively move in. I don't hate this bet if we don't pick up the diamond. This feels like a much more reasonable bet, which is like we're bet folding. Yeah, yeah, we can and we, we're give like, ourselves rooms. We're threatening a stack. We're leveraging a stack, but we don't have to actually put the whole stack in because we're folding anyway. If we bet and he moves in, I think we're actually we probably have to call. And if we don't, it's a huge, it's a huge mistake to put into the spot where we'd, we'd give away 400,000 and not see the river. Yeah. You know, like that's horrible. I agree. So yeah, I think we're supposed to just bet 600, 580,000 or something like that, where it's clear. It's a, it's the whole thing. We're effectively just like, he can't really just flat. Yep. I agree with that. Now I will say this. If you bet 390, like Elton did, hearts are supposed to fold. They are a naked flush draw is supposed to fold now. But he has more than a naked flush draw, of course. Well, the, let's let's ask the question: What should Kuhn do now? Right. Because all right, so it's three ninety into seven thirty six. Um, Kuhn started. Kuhn has like thirty k more than Elton, and Kuhn started the turn with. Let me do a little quick math here, with like nine sixty. So Elton's got like nine thirty total when he bets. So it means he's going to be left with uh, like four. 80 or something like that? Uh, 440? No. No more than that. 540? Yeah. 540, okay. So, so 540 behind. Kuhn, it's, it's 11, 1.126 million is in the pot, and it's 390 for Kuhn to call. Um, Kuhn is... He's getting 3 to 1. He's getting... Almost. Almost exactly 3 to 1. We have to believe there's some implied odds for us yeah. at this point, right? Especially if the, the straight card comes in, you have to believe you're getting the rest. All right, so let's do the math against the set. Worst case scenario. If Elton has a set of sevens here. Yeah. All right. So that removes two of our outs, the ace and the queen uh, of hearts, because that would pair the board. Right. So that gives us a total of seven flush outs and six additional straight outs. Yep. So we have 13 outs once. Yep. Uh, It's really close then. We have to believe, though, we get it all when we hit the straight. Always. Yeah, but not the flush. Right. So I think that makes it okay to call then because it's sort of close. And then there's a, there are implied odds for a chunk of the time we get there. Maybe we get it all even when we when the heart comes in, but we can't count on that. No. We, we assume that's the obvious one he's going to be afraid of. Um, but certainly we have to believe if, if we hit our four or our uh, nine, that is not a heart. We're getting it. Yeah. He's not going to be afraid of diamonds. Turns out he's going to love a diamond. But like if the, if the four of diamonds comes, he's going to call if he has a set, right? Of course he is. I mean, it's actually, it's honestly, it's pretty close to the border of being able to call against the worst case scenario. Actually, not the worst case scenario. Never mind. Second worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is a bigger flush draw. Yes. That's the worst case scenario. Oh, that's horrific. Yeah. So ooh, weighing that. 
that makes, can't call with that. Yeah, yeah. So, how often does Elden have that? I guess we have to ask ourselves. I don't know. I don't know. Not that often. I don't you know. Wouldn't, you wouldn't expect him to, but it's... He doesn't have to play. Like, if he's got the nut flush draw, he just doesn't have to play it like this. He never had to put in all these chips. He's got to show downable hand. Yeah. I don't know if he knows that. The other thing we have to weigh as Jason Kuhn is, do we know if Elton's a crazy man or not? If we yeah. think he's crazy even a little bit, well, now that changes it, right? Like, A, we could consider moving in because he can have air himself and six... We could win right now with six highs sometimes. Yeah. B... He could be a crazy man and we can call and then we can just like, he's going to shove us in all in on the river a lot. And we're just going to with like his whole range pretty much. And we just flat when we, we call when we get there and we fall when we don't, you know, and it's like we get the full double every time we get there and we save 500,000 euro when we don't. Yeah, I guess so. But if he's a crazy man, then we can also move in. I think I'll made a slight sizing mistake, obviously with the small bet here. No question. Now Kuhn is, if he's putting out on a set, he is getting the correct immediate odds, not let alone implied odds to call. Well, we said 26%, right? If he's got a set. Yeah. He's got 13 outs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's getting the right immediate odds, which is crazy. Like against a set, you probably shouldn't do that as Elden. It's really close, but yeah. 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 And so, so let alone the implied odds, right? Yes, um, the implied odds make it enough. The problem for Kuhn is if those bigger flush draws do loom and what percentage of the range they make up. If they make up a significant portion of the range, we're actually supposed to fold. Yes. But I don't know if we can think that. It's really weird to have a bigger flush draw here if you're Elton. So I think Kuhn probably is discounting the majority of those at least. Yeah. And Kuhn ultimately does call the turn. And I think it's it's fine, but it's really close based on all of those factors. It sucks. Can you imagine being Jason Kuhn in that moment? You're like, I'm going to put $400,000 out there with six high and one card to come. This is yeah. awful. Right. I mean, you like, almost I'm just wish... going to miss so often. He's just going to move me in. And if he checks, I guess I have to go all in and take a shot. Like You almost no wish Elden bet 550 so you could just fold easily. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, like I would assume as Jason Kuhn, like he's effectively going to move me in on the turn. I hope I improve. Yeah. And then you don't. And you're just going to... And you're like, oh, well, now I have to fold. Oh, now I have to freaking call all this money. And you, and you probably just don't think you have fold equity, right? Because it looks like when he bets this much, it looks like he's calling. Yep. But this goes back to... So I think Jason Kuhn does think he has a very strong hand. I think you're right. Well, okay. Let's go to the river. We got 1.516 million euros in the pot yeah. with third pair against six high. Yeah. Somehow. The river is a godsend for Jason Kuhn. It is the four of clubs. He's like, oh, God, please let him have something. Yeah. This is the perfect card. Well, honestly, if he doesn't, he's probably going to shove on you anyway. He probably either way. You're, you got to believe uh, here comes the full double like that. We did it. And it's the most innocuous way to improve. The, four, the best. The offsuit four is better than the offsuit nine. Oh, it's uh, it's absolutely the very best one. There's three or two great cards in the deck for Kuhn. That was one of them. Yeah. Like it's as safe as it gets. Yep. From it's... from his opponent's perspective. Unfortunately for Kuhn, Elton checks now. It's weird. I don't know why. Elden, I guess, is like, oh, I guess you're really not folding. You're really holding on. So I guess that's the point of Elden sizing on the turn. He's trying to give himself a good price to bluff, and he's shutting down if he gets called. I don't know. Unless but he, he hits had, a diamond, I guess. Yeah, he's like, if I hit a diamond, a king, or a seven, maybe I maybe I lose my mind. Maybe I move him in, because we're, we're just going to get it in anyway. But otherwise, I'm going to give up, I guess. So I think what Elden was doing on the turn, maybe he was going to bet really big if he didn't improve. Mm. And... Uh, he decided be, he wanted to give himself a good price to get to the river with, with his hand. Maybe. Do you think, um, let's say this was a deuce of clubs. Elton's going to check anyway. It's yeah. all the same to Elton, right? The four of clubs and deuce of clubs look the same. Um, do you think Kuhn's moving in oh, with the, against the deuce of clubs? Because be we know he's going to have to, he's forced to move in now, right? Of course. I mean, you'd be giving him four to one. Giving him four to one, but hearts missed. Yeah. I mean, are we just going to sit there and not take a shot with six? High? We have to bluff some of the time, right? This is maybe the worst hand we can ever show up with here. This might be literally the, the nut low from our range. Yeah. But, I think we might have to take that shot, but what a painful shot to take. You're like, Oh God, I'm putting the chips. I mean, in. I, I think I wonder even as Coons, like when he's calling the turn, he's got, he might be thinking, I think I have to shove all rivers. If it's checked to me, like if I improve or not, like if I hit a six, I hit a five. If I make a straight, if I make a flush, if I brick, if he checks, I have to go all in. Because sometimes he's going to fold, and I'm getting an amazing price. Yeah, somehow, it, and this is the nut low for some, me. If somehow he shows up with the king jack of hearts, that's a way to beat the king jack of hearts. Exactly. Yeah. And if we hit a six, we move in because sometimes he's got the ace x of hearts, and he's going to fold now. Yeah. Because it looks like we have a very strong hand. Yeah, I guess. Well, luckily for Kuhn, he doesn't have to think about anything. Like yeah, that. he makes the nuts instead. I think it's 
Elden kind of screwed up. I mean, obviously the flop is just maniacal insane, but he screwed up the sizing on the turn, which led him to screw up the river by checking. He really shouldn't be checking the river, I think, even though it saved him money. I mean, I mean, he's just giving up. Yeah. That's all. He's just giving up. I guess he's just giving up. Which is fine. I mean, Kuhn looks like he's... I mean, it looks like Kuhn's got a very strong hand. Yeah. Like, what's the worst hand Kuhn has here? Ace-King that he played weird on the flop because he thinks... I don't know why. He's check-raising Ace-King. Let, let's just say he's doing that. Okay. Okay. I mean, we're not going to get him to fold the river. No, I don't think so. Not on the four of clubs. Well, Jason Kuhn does move in, of course. Yeah, of course. Because, like, what else are you going to do? And Elden actually takes a while before folding. I think he's just Hollywooding to, like, so that way people think he had he had something, not that he's ever really considering calling. Yeah. I just have to believe that. Maybe he's putting Kuhn on Jack-10 of hearts. Yeah. He's like, I can, I can beat Jack-10 of hearts, so maybe I should consider calling. I think the lesson here is it's not even so bad to be the maniacal guy on the flop. Like Elton was, although obviously that doesn't really make any sense and it's crazy. But if you're going to be that maniacal guy, you have to have a clear plan for different turn cards. Yeah. So like he had a plan, but then the diamond came bringing him the, the nut flush, which was going to happen a fair 20% of the time that was going to happen. And he clearly didn't account for that. Yeah. And put himself in this weird spot where he ended up losing a pot that he should have won on the turn. I agree. I have a critique of the way you talk on poker. Oh, yeah. I think you need to stop calling things the nut flush when it's the nut flush draw. Yeah, You I do that all the time. I know. Yeah. I need to stop doing that because in my head, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, but they don't. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, this was then touted as the biggest pot in televised poker history, which we think is BS. Lies. Because, because the 500K that Jason Kuhn puts in in the end doesn't really count, right? It's right. Like, it's not, that doesn't really count. I mean, I mean, then it's like the biggest pot in televised poker history. Give me $3 million. I'll play against someone else who's got $3 million. We'll be playing one, two. I'll go all in pre-flop. Yeah. You know, I'm a, we'll play a game where we each show one card. They'll show a four. I'll go all in for three million. It's the biggest pot in TV history. Like, come on. That doesn't count. No. It only counts if, if it's called. The biggest pot is the one we saw against Kane Callis like five hands earlier. Yep. Although this was obviously a huge pot before the river. Yeah. 1.5 million euro. Oh. I mean, it's humongous. It's maybe the second biggest spot in TV history. So I think you said last time that Jason Kuhn goes on to win 4 million euro in this game. Yes, he does. This was the beginning of that. That's a pretty nice win. Yes. He's very, very happy with his life, I think, right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I've never won that much in a cash game. I, let me think. 4 million euro? How much is that? That's like $4.5 million. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I've never won that much either in a cash game. Uh, yeah. It's like 4.4 million? It's like $4.4 million. Even a little less? No, I no, nope, still haven't. Oh. Not, no, no, me neither. Well, <laughs> let's go. Let's go try to do that. Okay, sounds good. All I need is one mic, and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.